Welcome to the Dirt to Dollars podcast. Hosted by Central Kentucky Extension Agents, Whitney Carmen, Daniel Carpenter, and Matt Adams. Where we talk everything from the dirt on your land to the dollars in your hand. Welcome back to Dirt to Dollars. How are you all this, this fine day? I'm here. Good. Um, Good shape. I think everybody's sneezing. Yeah. I was going to say, I just had Definitely. a sneezing fit. And mine's because of grasses that I've had to identify this week. It seems like people are noticing as they're been cutting hay and I've got a few in here I need to identify. Oh, you haven't identified them yet? Well, I have one that I have not identified well, which yet. Ones, which ones have you identified? I have identified this week a like a prairie grass, I guess, or rescue in uh, a rescue grass and a reed canary, which is mm-hmm. coming up, which, you know, is, is actually got some pretty good forage if you cut it at the right time. And then this one, I'm not sure of yet. So we'll, to be determined, I'll tell y'all next week. Gotcha. And the reed canary, I, that makes sense. You'd find it in Grayson County because it's typically in wet ground, right? Yeah. This, this one particular place, he found it, it was in a bottom. And I know a guy that actually cuts it. It's, he's got a bottom and he cuts it for hay because he can get in it at the right time. And it's got pretty good, it's been tested and it tests well. I've actually known of a farmer that has had some and was actually looking for seed mm-hmm. uh, for it to plant some more. And he, he was that pleased with it. So yeah. yeah, it is. It does have pretty decent forage quality. Seems to grow fast too yep. this time of year. Yep. So we've had, um, I think most of us got a little bit of rain uh, this Not week. Much. Not much, but enough, I think, no. to hold us over. Uh, I did. I, I got pretty I good did. rain. I got four hundreds. Four hundreds. Yes, that's not much. <laughs> I may have got four tenths, which it that's, a lot, we got, but it's still good. Got three and a half tenths here at the office. Yeah, so it if, seemed uh, like once you got kind of south end of the county, it yeah. started to dry. Up. Well, I was, I was com- up. I was up with the baby as it was coming through and was watching it on the radar. And uh, I was driving in it. The tail was kind of fading off yeah. as it went east. But for those that got it, I think it was good. If you didn't get it, I'm a little worried because it doesn't look like we got a lot of chances coming up in the next. Uh, next week days. they're starting to put a lot of decent scattered chances. Usually, when we get those for several days in a row, we'll catch something eventually. Yeah, hope so. Probably use it by then. But also, it's not supposed to be as hot, right? Like it was cool this last week. I think things really just dried out with the wind and the you know 80, and humid. 90 degree weather, humidity. Yeah, humid. It's been. The last, which today's what Thursday that we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's extremely humid this morning, and yesterday was humid and hot, yes. and just no wind blowing. It was miserable. Yeah, it was miserable. And I took a vacation day yesterday, which would have been two. Was what is today? Thursday. So we're, it is, we're yeah. recording this on Thursday, but the day before Wednesday, when I was working at home, uh, had uh, I had to change my clothes a few times. It's it's that time of year yeah. again where you got to have the multiple changes of clothes because you just sweat through everything. Yeah, I typically come in and just smell awful, and because I'm you just usually away from the house and don't have a change of clothes with me. So, yeah, I was I was just right out my back door, so it wasn't too bad. Um, but I did make a good investment this week with all the sunshine. I bought me a pair of sunglasses. Oh yeah. I don't normally like have sunglasses or keep them around. It's just I don't know how you look like I'm squinting. Yeah, I don't know how you stay and not wearing sunglasses in the summertime. But I just 
I found a good pair for five bucks and you never find a good pair of sunglasses for five bucks, but I did find a good pair for five bucks and I'm probably going to break them tomorrow, but <laughs> I did get a pair and it was, it's like life changing. I put them on and I was like, Oh my gosh, my eyes can be all the way open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I can deal with a ball cap, but I have to have sunglasses. I gotta have both. Well, I, I have both. to wear a hat most of the time because if I don't, my head will burn, but <laughs> sunglasses i just haven't i've just always had bad luck with breaking them losing them i never can find a cheap pair that i'm willing to pay for because i know they're not going to make it very long but found a good pair of five dollar glasses I almost bought another pair just to have backup so now if i look cool if you see me and i'm looking cool it's because i got five dollar sunglasses awesome so a little bit of a celebratory moment we uh finished up planting at our place last night Right before the rains. I think there were a lot of people finished yesterday. Yes, I think so. A lot so. of people finished this week. Yeah, it was seemed like everybody was talking to this week. They you know, knew the rain was coming or there's a chance of rain coming, and they, they really thought they were going to get things wrapped up. Um, no pun intended. I know some people were wrapping hay. People were getting <laughs> stuff planted. A lot of people were getting hay baled. Hay, I mean, y'all know. We talked about thing. that, yeah. Hay was down everywhere. Yes. And I think a lot of work got done this week on local farms in the area for sure. I'll be interested to see and get reports in on what the quality's like. You know, I haven't tried to bother any of my folks just because I know they're trying to get caught up, but yeah, you know. I don't know about the quality. Well, I guess yeah. we'll, we'll find out later this year when we test some about quality, but I have heard uh, quantity seemed like it was decent from mm-hmm. some, but then also heard from some that said quantity wasn't, quite what they thought it just really wasn't that great so i think i think it depended on how far you opened your pocketbook this spring i I agree because actually the ones that were seemed to be pretty pleased were the ones that fertilized and that's just you know sometimes you gotta pay to play well and that goes to show that if you do the do the math on it you those guys that went on spent the money on fertilize may have had less dollars of bale in the hay than the ones that didn't fertilize and got less yield especially with four fifty five dollar diesel fuel that's true that's true that's true it'd be it'll be neat to look back on and when we kind of see some final yields this year and and how how well people did with different management situations and could be a good learning opportunity for for several so speaking of a good learning opportunity we've got a great guest today who will sure uh, learn you something I he'll learn you something and uh, I think it'll be good conversation so uh, um, and I won't talk about how I beat him in basketball all the time. I'll let him bring that up if he wants to. But uh, Matt, if you don't mind, go ahead and give our guest an introduction. We'll get started. All right, so joined with us today is one of our prestigious Hardin County farmers, Mr. Patrick Preston. Thanks for being with us today, Patrick. Thank you, Matt. That, that's quite the introduction to be this close to home. <laughs> Uh, before we get going, we typically like with our guests to just uh, kind of let them introduce themselves. If you don't care, just kind of introduce yourself and and let the audience know uh, who you are and kind of how you got started in farming and agriculture. Okay. Okay. You hear me okay? Yep. I, oh, yeah. I dropped my phone there, so I don't know if it's still. <laughs> well, don't do that. Uh, um, okay. Well, my name is Patrick Preston. I live um, outskirts of the of Glendale, Kentucky, in a, in a little river community called Star Mills. Um, so I, I grew up in, in St. John on Camber Lane there, and we moved here 
when I was in the fifth grade. I got to so, and then actually we I lived here on up, and I actually was able to buy the farm from my dad here. Um, he did give me some, somewhat of a discounted price on it, so it did it did it just was a big help for me. So I'm I kind of started, you know, when I was about 15 or 16, I started helping my uncle cleaning out pig barns and whatnot and i just kind of just kind of developed i developed a love for farming then i guess i don't know if if i always had it because i always felt like i was going to be a basketball star till i till i quit <laughs> growing about about six years old and i started i started growing out instead of up so i realized that probably wasn't going to work but you know charles barkley gave me a lot of hope mm-hmm. there but it, it, it wasn't enough it wasn't enough so i um I just started farming here, you know, kind of, kind of under my uncle's tutelage, and and I have I've had tremendous help from from all farmers in in Hardin County. I mean, it's just been. I mean, I've always said that I can't speak so much for Larue County and Grayson County, but I know Hardin County. My eyes is one of the. This is one of the best group of farmers. I mean, hands down in the state, and I'd be willing to to. to put an argument up against anybody on that i would i'd agree with that i'm just gonna bite my tongue yeah well that's all i mean that's okay i don't i don't have the experience in the root county i know there's right. great farmers in the root county heck we had to we had to use the root county to get our county plot <laughs> so we can we can get some so we can get some high to yield data you know so there, there has to be some good farmers there so i um I just I just kind of started farming here. I went to college for three years, and and I was and I had one more year left, you know. And I talked to my uncle, and this was I, I'm I'm not even going to say a date out there to date myself. And I um and we were talking about and, and Steve Riggins was at Ag Econ at UK, and we talked about all mm-hmm. this the new corn plateaus. It was this was it, buddy. We were going to just we were going to make money farming, so. I talked to my uncle, and he was like, yeah, it'd probably be a good time to actually come home and farm. I mean, up to that time, he he wasn't against it, but he wasn't like, you're going to, you're probably not going to be able to make a living. But Throw so said, out a time the frame so there, I, Patrick. What was it? Was that like mid-90s? 90, yeah, no, mid to late 90s. Okay. Back in there, I think it was, um, so I graduated in high school in 94, and... Went out and worked on that combine crew for a year. Then I probably 98, 99, right around there, I guess. No, that's not, yeah, that's, no, it's probably 97, 98. Well, anyway, they, um, they, you know, they were talking about this corn. The crop prices were at a new plateau level, and this was, this was it. Everything was going to look good for us. So I said, okay. So I come home and, and, I was able to. I had a farm across the road that my my granddad had had wheeled to um, me, my brother and sister, and I had been putting it out through high school. My uncle had let me use his machinery to be able to put it out. So I got it, and I my dad had got a couple farms from my grandfather also, and so I was able to able to steal them away from my uncle. <laughs> and of course, they were they were all in real good shape too, because he's he's a good farmer. He's been taking good care of them. So I was like, it was like coming in to be a head coach you know get just get having your team already made so i um was able to start very lucky to start out there 
but like we all know about a plateau, plateau is, is really high up in the area, but it's got a steep drop off. So about a year after I come home farming, we just fell off this plateau and we kind of struggled and, um, and I had a lot of good, a lot of good help from, from FSA was very good to work with, with me. And I, I worked a lot with some other, some other local banks and stuff. And, and here we are today. So, uh, and I have, um, I have two children. I have a beautiful wife, Sarah, um, which I had to go all the way to Breckenridge County to, <laughs> to find me a wife. So that's, that kind of says a lot for my personality. Yeah, that, that they, should tell you something. They, they make them well over there. <laughs> they, they, make, they make them, they make them well. Yes, I agree. That, I mean, it's, yeah, she is, she is a wonderful, a wonderful fit for me. And I am truly blessed. I remember, I remember before I met her, I was reading the, wasn't reading the Bible enough, but I was reading the Bible and I come across, you know, Proverbs 31. And I thought that is, that is the, the woman I want, you know, and I was lucky enough that I feel like the good Lord blessed me and, I was able to put her in, in my life on a, she was a, a vet tech at the time and for, and she just happened to bring some drugs by here and we just kind of bloomed off a drug deal. So. <laughs> That's a story you can always tell your kids and grandkids. Then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you talked about your farming operation a little bit. What does that consist of now? What I know you're pretty diversified. What all are you into now? Okay. Well, let me talk about my kids first. Okay, talk about your kids, then we'll talk about the farm. Okay, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. That's, <laughs> that's the most important thing I'll ever raise, my children. <laughs> yep. Sometimes sometimes raising kids and raising pumpkins might be two of the hardest things you can do. So, But I have um, I have a 12-year-old son named Case, which he's from a, he's from my, my first marriage. So he's a, he's a genius of a boy. He, um, he actually just, we went to East Harden for his award ceremony the other day, and he actually won. There was four students in sixth grade that got the citizenship award, and he was actually one of the four. So I, I was I was extremely proud of him for that. Then I got a two-year-old little girl named Ricky, with an eye that is just my nickname for her is Shotgun. So even though whenever I call her Shotgun, she always looks at me and just says, "Dad, Dad, just call me Ricky." <laughs> so and. And we're going to have a new addition here in about probably, I keep narrowing it down, but I think it's actually four weeks. I keep feeling like it's two or three weeks. We're going to have another little girl born that we're going to name her Anna Lee. Congratulations. So we've, we've, yeah, thank you. I just, it's funny when I was um, at, at Casey's graduation, I, um, there was a buddy of mine sitting there beside me and I was thinking, man, you know how old I'm going to be when Ricky's in sixth grade? <laughs> he looked at me and he goes, he goes, well, you're going to be dead when Anna Lee gets to sixth grade. <laughs> so I, just, I thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty good. But no, I, I've been really blessed there. All right. Well, are you, are you done talking about your kids now? I, I, I could spend, I could spend <laughs> five days talking about my children. So we did. We just have to stop it at that. All right. All right. Well, if you want to just tell the listeners a little bit about your farming operation and how diversified you are. On our farming operation, we raise corn, soybeans, wheat. Um, we raise non-GMO hard endo corn for the river market. We raise some. We raise white corn, non-GMO white corn, and and we do raise some Roundup white corn too. 
um, on soybeans, we raise, we're probably 40% non-GMO soybeans and regular, just just regular beans. We have this year, the first time ever, we've done some um, contracts, contracts with Benson Hill on raising some specialty soybeans that will get shipped to make turkey feed. So that's hmm. interesting. They seem like a pretty good pretty good outfit to so work with what's so, so spe- what's special about them what's what's different about the them from Hill a regular beans, yeah from a regular they're, soybean they're a high they're a high protein soybean okay yeah they're a high protein soybean and i was just and they were just i was looking at us contacting they actually um they actually give us the seed so they supply the seed and um they're supposed to fly the trucking 45 miles Okay. But of course, now all this stuff, all this stuff that we raise is all buyer's call. So that is one of the drawbacks to um, raising any kind of specialty grain. You're kind of at the mercy of the buyer. Because like this past year, instead of hauling corn when diesel fuel was two dollars, <laughs> they called for all the corn when it was four dollars. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if they did that on purpose. Or at least they, they didn't did. wait till it was five dollars. Yeah, at least they didn't wait till it was five dollars. <laughs> so, but it's been a good. It's been a good niche on on especially grains. I feel like I, I sometimes I feel like I just I make it more difficult than I than I need to need to make it. But it's just I don't. Sometimes I guess I I guess I strive thrive on difficulty. So um, then we got a we got a small beef herd of about I think oh I that's that's actually Sarah's. I mean, it's not actually, Sarah is actually the genius behind the beef herd. So the numbers might be skewed a little bit here when I give them. Probably um, 130 mama cows, I guess, that we got some replacement heifers we keep back. Um, I decided I decided I was going to get into the, I decided I'm going to start looking at, at, at the registered cows business. Can I tell my bull story, Matt? I already told you. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I I was consulting with with three top notch cattle producers in the area. You know, one of them was from Larue County, um, Vince Hartledge, and the other one Daniel might know, and Uh-oh. the other one Daniel might know. Uh-oh. So I was I was like these these were my go to guys for registered cattle. <laughs> so we we talked about it and I'd send them all these numbers and stuff, and they would always give me the yay and nay. So I I had well you sent me the numbers stuff. too, but you never. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Not, you didn't. You didn't take any of my comments into consideration. Well, you told me that's a nice bull. You said, but he'll probably bring. You said he'd bring like seven or eight thousand dollars. So I thought, you know, I'm going to really study these richer cattle. And I found this bull sale out in Nebraska. They were selling 550 bulls, um, Keneally Angus. And I called them and I talked to some of the boys that work there. Just super nice bunch of people. And I got this bull catalog, and I spent every night just looking through 550 bulls, not not really knowing what I was doing. I'd have to call, well, what's this mean? Or what's this mean? Or you know, So I finally narrowed it down to hit number 309, and I thought, this is the bull. I thought, I, and I told Sarah, I said, I'm going to buy this bull. I said, now, I don't care what it costs. This bull will improve our herd. And I thought, I mean, I've never been to a real registered bull sale. I thought. I told her, I was bragging. I said, I'm going to give $10,000 for this bull. I know that sounds dumb, but I'm going to do it. And I had sent the stuff to Matt. Matt was like, 
well, that bull's going to bring like $8,000. And I was just like, yeah, you know, $7 corn, you know, I'm going to buy me a bull and really improve my genetics. So the day of the sale coming, of course, it was an online sale. And I sat down there in front of my computer and I happened to pop off there and I looked at her and I said, I'm going to give 12000 if I got to for this bull. <laughs> she, just, she just shook her head and just... And just pretty much walked out of the room and thought, like, you're a blooming idiot, which she does that quite often. So Understandable. That bull, yeah, so that bull walked in there, and I'm just I'm just puffed up like a banny rooster in my own home office there on front of the desktop, just thinking I'm just it. And the auctioneer starts talking about him, blah, blah, blah. And he said, okay, who wants to give a million dollars? And when he said that, I just, I like fell out of my chair. So to make the long story <laughs> shorter here, this bull ended up bringing $550,000, and I never even – luckily, I, I was ready to hit the bid button right away. Luckily, I didn't hit it, or Keneally Angus would have had to come out here and cut off two of my ears and three of my toes. <laughs> but it, um, So after that, I decided I'm going to go to the very back of the catalog and work my way up. So I did that, and they got a little more reasonable back in the 500s. So I was, I was able to get a bull that we really liked. Good but deal. so. So we raised, um, we got the beef cattle, and we've got we got a few pigs. I don't know. I don't. We just we raise pigs. They're kind of kind of our garbage disposals here on the farm because we 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 tend to spill a little corn every once in a while, and and my wife goes around and cleans it up and feeds the pigs. And we got we got. I guess our current pride and joy is our milk cows right now, which we've got we've got three. I know that, but that's probably pretty high in the county. We got three jerseys, which which we absolutely love. You're, you may be one of the biggest. I was going to say you may be in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got four. Well, I mean, we got four jerseys. Actually, I forgot we we bought another. Oh, we you just to, moved up the top four. <laughs> I love that top. We were able to buy a heifer from the top jersey producer in Hardin County, and lucky enough, he sold us one. And we brought her home, and it was 12 hours that we brought her home. She had a calf, and of course, it was another heifer calf. So we, you know, we got three, three replacement Jersey heifers on the ground that we've AI'd, and we've got we got four, and it's just we're we're booming in the dairy business. I mean, there's hope, <laughs> there's hope for us yet for that. So, and then we got a few, we got a few thoroughbreds, which I kind of followed in my father's footsteps on because when I was when I was a kid we always had barrel horses or quarter horses and we and we barrel raced here and there and then then I I don't really remember the story but I just remember my dad telling me he said son this is kind of dumb to spend all this money to try to go win a hundred hundred dollar county fair barrel race why don't we just get some thoroughbreds and try to go to Churchill Downs and win back then the purses weren't as high as they are now but try to win ten or fifteen thousand dollars so that kind of apparently that made sense to him so we um he he had down here at star mills where i live he built a racetrack here and we had some starting gates down the river and we had a we had a turf track down the back of the farm and he's actually my father's been pretty successful at, at the race horses he's had a couple of good horses he's got a he's got a very good eye for it and so like all, like all kids, I decided that I was going to get my own trainer's license and, and do a better job than my dad, which that, that hasn't happened. But I did get my trainer's license, and I've had it for probably, oh, 
probably since I was probably 25 years. Uh. Been a licensed thoroughbred trainer, and we've and we've kind of slowed down a little bit. We don't we don't have near as many as we did, but but like Matt said a few podcasts ago, there's there's always that hope. There's always that hope that you never know what'll happen, you know. Cause, and cause and probably track, have I the probably have the only race racetrack in the state that has corn and soybeans growing in the infield, right? Ellis Park has soybeans. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Now that's but Ellis Park don't raise corn. I remember when I was a kid one year they they decided to do a crop rotation and plant corn in Ellis Park, and it didn't work out real good because the corn got so tall you couldn't see the horses <laughs> running around the track. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Ellis Park is after that it's been continuous no continuous soybeans for probably ever, you know. I guess that's how it gets the nickname <laughs> the pea patch, they call it. So and I you know, and I I've I've never had a what I've I've had some horses that I've absolutely loved and to me they were derby winners. Even though I mean you know, and I I've ran horses, you know, against D. Wayne Lucas and I've always wanted to wear my my bib overalls because he made a comment one time that that he would never run a horse where where people wore bib overalls about Ellis Park. <laughs> and if I ever get in a race again with him, I'm I'm gonna put on my best pair of bib overalls and hopefully I'll be saddling a horse right next to him. So, but I I always thought that was funny. So, um, so we raise and we got a little bit of winter wheat. We're raising. We raised two for. And it goes out to um, steamer milling, and some of it goes down the river for export. How, how is the wheat crop looking that? this year? Is it looking pretty good? Well, I, I was I had a I was talking to a gentleman the other day about it, and the wheat crop looks a lot better than what I think it will be. If that makes sense, I just yeah. wheat. It's been kind of dry and hot for wheat. It's maturing too fast for yep. I just can't imagine our wheat crop is going to be I, – I don't think we're going to have 80, 80 90 bushel wheat. I just can't. Now, that being said, we might be – and I, I might be surprised. I think we've got really good stands out there. I think the tillering was good. But I just don't know if our kernel weight is going to, going to be there just from the lack of moisture and, and the hot weather it had to deal with. So I don't know. You all are the professionals on that. What do you all think? I think it's matured too fast in the last. If we could have slowed it down ten days, two weeks ago, I think we could have had some awesome wheat yields. Well, and we also didn't have. There wasn't a lot of disease pressure at flowering because there wasn't wasn't much moisture. But it seems like when we have the moisture at that time and we need to spray, that's when our yields are good. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I agree with what you said. I don't think it's going to be a a great, you know, record setting, you know, in our area, but I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. I I, I agree with you. I think my uncle always told me is for 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 the wheat crop, you want weather, you know, you want cloudy, rainy days like they get in Europe yep. during during the wheat pollination. And with this year we just didn't have it. I mean we we sprayed some fungicide on some fields that had some that that the flag leaf had a little bit of septoria and stuff, but I don't think head scab was going to be a very mm-hmm. a very big risk this year. But I think if we went ahead and had some disease pressure on your flag leaf, you should 
you should have went ahead and treated it, you know, a little bit. So what about corn and soybean planting? How's that coming along? Are you all about wrapped up? Well, we're we're we wrapped up. We wrapped up with corn and soybean planting the first time for the first time yesterday. Um, corn looks great. I think we've got I think we've got a very good start to corn. Yep. Um, countywide, I think I think corn is just tremendous. Now, soybeans, we got to come back and replant replant some acres, and I just countywide, I just don't understand what the soybeans just they just don't look like to me they're growing this year. I don't I don't know. I just I think countywide, I think our corn crop is excellent, and that's the same for here on our farm. But I think soybeans are average might be stretching it i mean i know average is stretching it for our farm i'd probably agree that they're just it seems like they've taken a long time to get up and get going Uh, and i don't really i guess it's lack of moisture or something but then on the other hand you know you've seen it before that we can stress this soybean crop early and have mediocre stands and as long as we get the rain late we can still push out some good yields yep Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with you. There's still ample opportunity for soybeans to turn out a good crop. But I just I don't know what what's held them back this year. You would you would have thought this would have been a great year for um, planting soybeans early, right? And you would have thought we would have minimum. And I don't think slug damage is as bad just from the dry weather as it has been in the past. But they right. just they just like they they hit the pause button for for half a day every day. Yeah. Man, I, I mean, have you all noticed much on the um, on the the germ on the soybean seeds you're planting at all? I mean, do you all ever look at those tags anymore? I do. I'll glance at them every now and then, but and I haven't noticed so I, anything really below ninety. See, I've I've, I've seen some eighty eighty-five percent that I really? <laughs> that I didn't that I didn't notice, you know, until after the fact. So I just I made a mental note that I think we we need to actually um, pay pay closer. I know I need to pay closer attention to that before I start planting, you know, because I just I just think that could be an issue there. So. Well, I've got I've got one more thing I want to ask you about before we let you go and wrap up. Uh, you mentioned earlier about you know in between when you came back to start farming you went and worked on a harvest crew uh what kind of led you to do that and i guess why was that important to go get away from the farm and go work somewhere else and and what did you learn while you were out there okay um well okay so i had i had three jobs when i was a kid i wanted to do I wanted to work on a combine crew. I wanted to work in a coal mine. And I wanted to be a, I guess it's a Canadian mounted police. So I realized. <laughs> Don't Canadian you have to be police, Canadian to be a Canadian well, mounted police? Okay. Yeah. So that's why I, ne- I, n- I never accomplished that goal in life because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Canadian. I did, I did realize that at a later time. And I don't know why I want to do that. That was just, I just thought that sounded pretty cool. You know, I don't know if it was from from Rocky and Bullwinkle or what it was, but it was just something that I just always wanted to do. So, so I never accomplished that in life. Um, even though now with the internet, I could probably get a Canadian ID and go back and 
and fill that on my bucket list if I needed Possibly. to. Possibly. But, but then I never worked in the coal mine either because I was always um, not so much claustrophobic. I just, I just never, I don't know, I never accomplished that. But I did accomplish one of three. So I went out west and worked on a combine crew. This was back when um, my uncle used to get the Illinois Agri News. And and I just was going through the classified ads one day. And, of course, there's all kinds of wanted help. And I just called this called this outfit out of Missouri. And they said, yeah, come on out. So um, I had to make sure they had red combines, of course, because <laughs> you couldn't – you could, in, in my family, you can't run a green combine. Okay. So – and I went out there, and we started in in Texas, and we cut wheat all the way up, and cut and cut peas in Idaho. Huh. It was interesting. The one thing I learned is that in Texas, if you're going to eat out, you're going to eat at Dairy Queen, <laughs> and through Oak Kansas, there you'd eat at Sonic. That that's all they have. These little towns we would go to. They would we we had travel trailers we we stayed in, and that's just they would have two churches, a grain mill, a grain elevator, and a Sonic in Kansas. But in Texas, all they have is Dairy Queen. Nolan Ryan is is the king of Texas. <laughs> that's for sure. And it was it was a neat experience. I mean, it, it was it was beautiful to go out there and see. Um, they actually, the neat thing about the support of it was, so Case IH and John Deere both, they would actually have semis that would follow the, the combine crews up. So they would huh. always have a huge ample supply of parts. They always, they called it pro-harvest support. I, I assume they still do that. And um, so I stayed on there and then I just, then I, I got to Burlington, Colorado and I went to come home and some reason I was a little short on cash coming home because I, I I don't really remember, but I assume I sent some money back. I don't know what I, I don't know what I did my money. I still don't know the day. Blew it on something. Money. Blew it on Dairy Queen, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess so. But anyway, so I was coming through and I was like, I was driving back from Burlington from to Colorado, and I was like, I don't know if I got enough money to make it home. So I stopped at this little this little farmhouse and it's in Burlington. I'll never forget this. And I just walked up and knocked on because they still had weed out in the field. I just went up and knocked on the door, and I kind of, this, this laugh, I forget if it was a man or lady, but they come to the door, and I started introducing myself. And I said, when I said I'm from Kentucky, they kind of hushed up, and kind of some more people come to the door. And I kind of looked at them, and they said, well, we just got done watching Deliverance. Last <laughs> <time."> <laughs> and, and I thought, well, you know. I I'm I mean I we raise a few pigs but that's about that's about all <laughs> all I know about them. So anyway, this was a super nice family and I just and they said yeah we could use some help. So I actually their son had a had a house on the back side of the farm so I actually just stayed with them for a week and they just I mean they treated me like family. I mean <laughs> I just um, would eat meals with them every day and and we finished up the wheat harvest and I just. Went ahead and come on back after that. But that was, it was very, they had a lot of pheasants out there. And I've always wanted to go back pheasant hunting because they told me to come on back and you'd be, you'd be combined along and those pheasants would just explode 
flying up out, out of the grain reel. Now, now they did have John Deere combines, so I did. You broke I the rule one time. There. I did run some John Deere combines, and and I did. I take back the rule is not very, not very regulated here in the family because I did start out with a forty four twenty combine. Okay. So, so I did. I did have a little green experience. So Patrick, what did you what did you learn from that experience? So like, is did you bring anything back to the farm from that, or and do you recommend people get away from the farm a little bit to maybe bring some stuff back? I don't know if I necessarily. I mean, of course, I learned some stuff about machinery operation mm-hmm. and and little tidbits like that. But I do, I do. So I think it's I think it's good to get an opportunity to get away from the farm. I mean, as far as now that being said. I kind of left out the point that I've worked, I've had some public jobs on and off during my farming career. You know, I started out, I worked at Federal Express there for four or five years. When I Is that FedEx? Farming. FedEx, yeah. Okay. I've never heard it called Federal <laughs> Express. I just, okay. No, you're fine. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, I interrupted you. No, that that's the proper term that, that the insiders <laughs> use. Is, is that's what's on press. the that's what's on the check when they pay you. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. And that now, now that was a good experience because the time clock thing was very good for me. So you had you had to learn. You had you could only clock in like like three minutes before your scheduled start time. So you had to be there. And a lot of times there'd be a line, and it would take three minutes to get to the line to get clocked in, or you would get reprimanded. So I think. I think it's good to get out and do other jobs besides besides starting to, to farm. Does that make any sense? I, uh-huh. I just think it helps helps you give more of a sense of. I know I brought back a, a more sense of, a, of appreciation for the farm for just other jobs I've done. Mm-hmm. So then I then I was a mailman for a couple of years, and that was a that was a that was an interesting job. That's that that the, the union there really confused me a lot times <laughs> where you could you have to sit there and watch somebody do this work and if you went over to help them you got in trouble that kind of <laughs> that kind of that had a hard time understanding that but as far as like going out there on the i mean it wasn't like i didn't have no life-changing experience on the combine crew or and that's why i said well i'm gonna come back and farm i'm sorry i can't i didn't have anything like it all right well i think that pretty well wraps up our time for today with you, but thanks again for coming on, Patrick. Okay. Well, I enjoyed it. Y'all keep up the good work and keep turning, keep turning the dirt into dollars for us. Yep. You we'll, keep... we'll try. We, we may end up having to cut half of what you said there. You just kept talking and talking and talking, but I think we can make it work. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, you know how I like to talk, Daniel. <laughs> thank you. Thank, you. thank you for listening Appreciate and thank you for joining us. Okay. I'll see y'all later. All right. Well, some entertaining conversation there for sure. Uh, hope you all enjoyed that. That's a man full of stories right there. And I think we've all, at least, at least me and Daniel, we've worked with Patrick enough. We've got our uh, share of Patrick Preston stories. But uh, one that we failed to bring up while he was on the air, uh, I'll have to tell this one real quick, is uh, I'd probably been working maybe two or three months. It was my first year, and he called me one day. And he said, I've got corn popping on the ear. I said, what are you talking about, Patrick? So we go out there and we look and take pictures and everything else. And it was, I think, was it a drought? It would have been 2010. I guess it was we were dry and hot yeah. that year. 
think so. And uh, so went out and looked, and he just had kernels, corn had pollinated and was starting to fill. And uh, you just find kernels every now and then that were just cracked open, like they just popped. So anyhow, it got added into a news article somewhere that the quote got made that it was just so hot that the corn was popping on the ear. And, Which uh, literally it was. It was. And it somehow made its rounds through the Associated Press. Mm-hmm. And news channels all across the country were picking this up and calling me at the Hardin County Extension Office wanting to do stories on it. And Patrick kind of went viral before going viral was cool. I even think... And like, so I the coolest thing or the funniest part of it is one of the Louisville TV stations came down and did a story on it. Patrick took him out to the field and basically the only quote they got of him saying was he was walk he said, I was just walking through my cornfield and I shucked an ear back and saw that it was popped. And I thought, huh, that's weird. And so that was kind of Patrick Preston's tagline for several years is that's weird. I think there were even some t-shirts that were printed one time with quotations. That's weird. Patrick Preston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was even like, you know, the little DTN computers that they have at the fertilizer uh-huh. plants and stuff like that. I think it even made the DTN. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was I remember the uh, Weather Channel was one interview we did on it. That was a, a neat experience when you've only been working a month or two in extension. So and of course it had to involve Patrick Preston. So Patrick mentioned uh, uh about something he wanted to be when he was a kid, like what he was going to be when he grew up, you know, I never would have guessed Canadian Mountain Police. (laughs) So I had a funny situation, uh, my son, which this is another story. So he graduated preschool, but he's actually going back to preschool because it's like he was, you know, I don't even know why they had a graduation. I guess it was just a ceremony just to end Mm -hmm. the school year. But anyway, uh, he got a, uh, they did a little video with all the kids about what they wanted to be when they grow up. And my son said, when I grow up, I want to be a giraffe. (laughs) (laughs) And he made everybody laugh. So Uh, classic. My wife said he has high aspirations. Get it? Yes. Uh, Got it. Nice. You're rubbing off on her. She's got jokes. Oh, speaking of jokes, since I just said hi, I'll go ahead and tell this joke. So a couple of cows were smoking a joint and playing cards. That's right. The stakes were pretty high. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Oh, dad joke of the week. It actually is not a dad joke. It came from my mother-in-law. So uh, it's a mother-in-law joke. Gotcha. So there was a big find in LaRue County here the last week or so. Did y'all see that? I yeah. did see that. Yeah, I almost dinosaurs texted you. going on over there? Or yeah. What? yeah. Pretty interesting. Like a, was a mastodon? And what is a mastodon? Is that's that what I was wondering. Is it an elephantish kind of thing? I think it thing? was the. Isn't it a big? Isn't it a big elephant? See, it's I know like, a mammoth is a. You know, like a woolly yeah, mammoth, mammoth is what was on Ice Age, right? On the cartoon movie. Sure. Yeah, but don't I'm, act I'm, like you've never seen Ice Age. You've got two. Yeah, kids. Ice Ages are. Those are. Mastodon mammoth, aren't they? Mastodon similar? is the same thing as a mammoth. So okay. yes, it was. It was one of. It was. A, it was like a a molar or something. Like it, some tooth, big tooth. It looked huge. How did they know that's what it came from? Well, you know, they know. That's that's. that's I, I I think it's probably a combination. Matt, they know they were around here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, well, this big tooth. What else would it have come from? And and probably did some 
there may have been a way they could carbon date or do something to figure out what it, what it, what time frame it came from and then go from there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's been others found that they could compare it to and in size and, and stuff like that. So, <clears throat> but it got me thinking about the, you know, if there's anything that uh, crazy that you've ever found in the ground or, you know, working in fields, mm-hmm. I'm sure we probably all have arrowhead stories mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But you ever, you ever found anything crazy in the ground? So my dad's farm, it was an old dairy at one time and had several old outbuildings that had been torn down for years. And uh, we'll find stuff in the driveway all the time. I guess it was the shop mm-hmm. when it was when they were milking or just a utility shed or something. And the driveway goes right through it now. And just stuff like works its way to the top. I found like a starter off of a car the other day. I mean, stuff just buried down in the... <laughs> in the dirt but no we've we've only seen uh, arrowheads obviously and you know the little crustacean fossils and all of that but the on the on our family farm there's an old house and from time to time you'll see you know like the old uh glass bottles Mm -hmm. old trinkets like that that you'll find old coins civil war type coins Mm. those types of things so yeah I've just found a bunch of trash on my farm, but there, there was one day where I did find like I was uh, d- kind of making a uh, behind our barn that I'd cleaned all the junk out of it. And I was um, clearing off an area to put like some gravel down and I, f- I saw a wire sticking out of the ground and I pulled on it and more wires came up and I found like a, almost like a 50 pound bag worth of just electric wires that full of <laughs> copper. So I was happy. That was like finding gold buried gold. Um, these days so that worked out really well uh, but I, and I'm always afraid to dig too much at my place of what it's going to bring <laughs> up but I did find what looked like I told my daughter it was a dinosaur egg but it was a I'm pretty sure it's a geode that, that yeah. hadn't busted open yet and it just it was sitting in a rock and it looked like an egg and so my my daughter thinks we found dinosaur egg on our, well, that would on our be property fun that if was you whenever could I was her... digging the water line found that. that'd be fun if you could let her like bust it open and see what's in it but then it doesn't look like an egg anymore. It I just know. looks like a regular geode. Yeah. Then she's going to know that it's not really a dinosaur egg. Well, that's yeah. true too. <laughs> it's all about, you know, what they think is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I got my, I think my garden is finally complete. My garden is about as clean as it's ever been. Good. I know. Most time, that game. No, most of the time right now, there's just more grass and you can hardly, you, there's so much grass coming up in it. You can't hardly see the cover crop. I'm planting. Yeah, we call it cover, it cover crop. Yeah. No tilled it in. <laughs> so what all have you got planted? Well, I've got tomatoes. I've got jalapenos because um, my wife has gotten pretty good at making these, uh, the cowboy candy. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? You yeah. ever had that? I like it. We put it on just about everything, but we made a bunch of jalapenos for that. Some other peppers. Uh, and then your typical squash, zucchini, a couple of cucumbers, okra. And that's about it. Yeah. We're, we've got square gardens out here at the office. I, we have a family garden, so, and I didn't have to, I didn't 
particularly help with that this year. No, oh, so it's not much of a family garden. Then, yeah, <laughs> well, you know, it's it's more like my in laws' garden, and they're gotcha. sharing the wealth. But they're uh, they're it's the best and then kind my garden. Heck yeah. yeah! But my granddad actually, he's of course, I you know the story. He's gardened all his life, but uh, was still out there gardening, and he'll have he'll have ripe tomatoes still pretty here pretty soon. Like I think there were several, and and we've actually, you know, I thought we planted hours late, and I'm surprised with how many tomatoes it's starting to put on. Mm-hmm. That's um, I had to go uh, do a farm visit on with some some of the local Amish last week, kind of middle of last week, and they <coughs> had several tomatoes on the mm-hmm. plants that they had there in their little truck garden. And it's typically pretty good if you can have them by Fourth of July, but I think there's definitely going to be several. And it's just weird because it seems like it was so cool and wet, mm-hmm. late. So I don't know if it's the heat. Maybe if it's the extra little heat we've had that's made things grow maybe a little faster. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure. But so. if we can get them early, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> I'm ready for a fresh garden tomato myself. Yeah, me too. I actually had some about a week ago that came from the south. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it grew in the ground and it was good. It was a good, it was a good teaser of what's to come. Now, if we can just afford bacon to go with our bacon tomato sandwiches when they come in, we'll we'll be in good shape. So all right. Well, before we wrap up, we gotta pick a song. Mm-hmm. I've got one in mind that I think is perfect for the guest we had today. What are what are you thinking? Tom T. Hall, Faster Horses. That's not a bad one. I think <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> We've had hurt. it before, but we'll have to bring it back. So did we run with that one or I thought it was a different Tom T. Hall song? We I thought we it. I thought we ran with that one when was we it when have. Tom T. Hall died? Yeah. 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 That's work. you know, it talks about the old philosopher. Patrick's kind of like an old philosopher. I call him for a lot of wisdom. I think that'd work. All right. We all got anything else? I don't think so. All right. This will call it a week. Uh, everybody be careful out there. We'll see you next week. Yep. Bye.